This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. Visit JabberjawMedia.com for more shows like this one. This month, Kill Switch Engage will release their new album, Atonement, via Metal Blade Records, boasting a guest appearance from former Kill Switch Engage singer and current Light the Torch vocalist Howard Jones. Atonement sparks a pyre of metallic mastery. Kill Switch Engage have once again lengthened their legacy while blazing another new path. Purchase your copy of Atonement now at metalblade.com slash killswitchengage. Once again, metalblade.com slash killswitchengage. It's the Metal Sucks Podcast with your hosts, Petter Speich, Brandon Hahn, and Jocelyn Sharp. Metal Sucks Podcast. Hello, friends out there. It is I, your host, Petter Speich. I am always joined by... I go by the name Brandon Hahn. You got that? And you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram mm-hmm. at Mr. Han Comedy. And Jocelyn Sharp. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Jocelyn Sharp. I will be traveling from Los Angeles to all over the country in the next six weeks. So please check JocelynSharp.com for dates and come say hello to me. Please check those dates, guys. And definitely in North America, she's going to be all over the Midwest, if we may. Yeah. So (laughs) make sure to check dates, guys. Check it out. If you want to follow me, Facebook and Twitter, it is Rise to Offend. Uh, Instagram, Rise to Offend Official. This week, we are talking to Aaron Matz of Betraying the Martyrs. Their new record, Rapture, is coming out September 13th, guys. Really, really fun chat with this dude, so make sure you guys hang in there. But before we jump into that interview, let's talk a little bit about the Metal Sucks news. First story that jumped out at me this week, guys, is that Tools pre-orders physical copies for their new record, Fear Inoculum, is sold out. And uh, in my life as a music consumer, I don't ever recall a record selling out isn't the whole point of pre-order to know how many to manufacture well that well that's the thing is that (laughs) obviously the physical again this isn't a regular cd or a regular record um i know that vinyls do take a long time to process so those can be on back order or whatever like that because they're not easy to find but with a band like tool this is the cd copy but they're doing like a 4d kind of crazy thing with it so but the fact that it's sold out what does that say uh, well, they have 13 years buildup, mm-hmm. and on top of that, this is a this is a tool record, and just like you said, there's a bunch of 4D stuff that goes into it. So there's going to be a bunch of, you know, stuff that we're going to go cool for like five minutes and then never listen, never check it out again. But it's all about the visuals that they want. It just, provide. I mean, I'm not. We're all stoked and whatever. I'm not. You know, we love tool, but what, it just feels like that's not a thing. You can't sell out of pre-orders. Look, if it were just regular CDs, where it's just like a, a CD, like like they did with Undertale, where it was just like you know cd cover cd mm-hmm. get it out i don't think it would be a problem but you know they're trying to they and on top of that too shit. they're 40 dollars, dude well that's the that's thing insane. i heard a lot of people complain bucks. i pre-ordered my copy right away i didn't really care i'm like i'm buying this record i don't care so I, I have mine coming but i think a lot of people were complaining about the price but like while they were complaining like most complainers we're just like eh, complain all you want we're gonna get our physical copies <laughs> yeah <laughs> so, well it's, it's, we'll figure it out well know? it's supply so, and demand at yeah. that point and if you were one of the people that jumped right on board do you think if they uh because obviously like we said this is a special packaging so it's not it's not something that's regular but do you think that if they that you think they ordered 500,000 copies worldwide for this thing and that wasn't enough what do I you would guys imagine think? worldwide yeah I would I would, I would, I would deepen that numbers got to be way lower well, than 500,000 didn't tool when they released their 
I heard I read that when they released all their uh, their albums on iTunes and Spotify, mm-hmm. they, 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 they occupied these, they yeah. occupied all the tar- the charts at the same time. Like every yes. album was one, yeah. two, three, four, like all the way down. Their demand, I mean, I think we said it before. Their demand is like Metallica. It's their demand huge. would be like Guns N' Roses. I think uh, you know. I'm not gonna say that. Uh, you, I know you're not gonna say that. I think that, in some parts of the world they could sell is, out arenas. I think, I think in some parts is. of the world they could definitely on the West Coast they could sell out arenas for sure. You know, I'm talking about like new record too. I think it is. So I I mean the last Metallica record when we looked it up it was like 250,000 they sold in the first week um tools last record but you said 13 years ago was it went gold the first week it sold 500,000 copies in its first week or 490 I forgot what it was but it was way up there so with just the way the market is you would think that they would sell an equal amount I would think something like 200,000 copies so in America we're talking about not the world so for them to pre-order this kind of special edition record and only offer that to fans for 40 dollars I, I, if I were if I were them, you don't want to overdo it. You don't want to be like let's let's order a million well, yeah, and yeah. sit on five hundred thousand because you get no money. You're right. Well, and <laughs> so you have to too, you have to kind of lowball it. And on top of that too, let's face it, it's expensive to mass produce hard copies. And they're like, you know what? Let's just sell it for forty bucks. We'll gouge the fans. That want to buy it? We'll do the kiss. We'll do the kiss avenue. Oh, that's that's not I don't true. Think they know. Know. We'll do the kiss avenue, <laughs> and then uh, you know, and then we'll just say, "Oh, that's what you get for not getting it." Because the deal is, is, look, if you don't buy it, if you don't get the hard copy, you're not going to pay for it on iTunes. Well, let's let's. Why, why not? Because most people they're just going to listen. They're just going to stream it. it. Okay, well, they can stream it, but there'll be people that buy it on iTunes. Oh, I'm sure they yeah. will. But let's, but let's think of that. If that's the case, if they did, if this is a limited run thing, then now they're creating collector's items yeah. for fans. Yes. That's a different thing. And that's another thing. I had another conversation with somebody. They were like, just wait three weeks. You'll see all those. at uh, Zia Records is a record store out here in Las Vegas that we love and hold dear to our heart. Uh, gladly plug them anytime. If yes. you guys are in Vegas, go to Zia Records. But um, they, they have used copies there. And um, so... People are like that I'm talking to. And again, everybody's so negative. Oh, you'll just see, like, give it three weeks. You'll see a whole bin full of those things at the, uh, at Zia. And I'm bin like, full? No, dude, you're going to see. I'm going to see. You think gonna so? See, you're going to see $60 it's, copies yeah. for, for the same album. That's what's going to happen. Uh, you th- that's what I was saying. I was like, I bet it's, I bet nobody's going to give it away. And I bet they're just going to gouge the, the price. Exactly. Now, how many of the these, record stores? How many of these and they albums? How, do you, do we have any idea how much they, they already mass produced already. No, like, that was the question I asked. So we have no idea how much no, they we made. guessed. I guessed. I guessed five hundred thousand for yeah. the world. That's what my guess was. I mean, but uh, we don't know how much that they, they would done. But the whole point is that maybe also you know they put this together fast, man. Tool, tool yeah. spans four or five generations, though. Think yeah. about that. That's four or five different generations of people who are listening to this band who love this band. I don't think that there's going to be any bargain bins with Tool Records in it. No, not at all. Yeah, so it is it is interesting to see what's going to end up happening. I, I'm sure there's going to be a second wave, but if they just say, this is it, we're going to do the one run, and it is a collector's item, item like Jocelyn was saying, I think that's just another... Another you're great thing gonna, about the tool thing. You're not going to find it in the bargain bin. What you're going to do is you're going to find it on eBay for $600. I mean, and that's... Good. What, and I, yes. I want music to... You know, yes. I know that's, that sounds insane, but I want people to be like, damn, I want to collect that shit again. Yeah, if people I'm are going to pay... It, if people are going to pay fucking exorbitant $20,000 for some fucking gamer girl's bathwater, then they should pay $600 for a tool record. Well, this is, is, this, is this a true story? Yes. What did she just say? What's a gamer girl? Well, she was a, she's a Twitch streamer and she was selling her bathwater online. She sold a bunch of her bathwater. She got like $40,000 for... 
for different portions of her bath water. Well, yeah. guys that are gamers. Come on. I mean, I know. <laughs> yeah, we're talking about real. There's a lot of pissed off people at me right now. Yeah. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No. But you gamer guys know that there is a, a, a sect of your population Look, that would ga- buy bath water. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. There's, there's a ga- sect of your population that's like, I'll buy some girls bath yeah, water. Yeah. No, that's there's all I'm gamer guys and then there's men. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, gamer men. Yeah, there is no gamer men. men. Gamer men are guys that play for an hour because they just got off from work and they want to unwind. There's guys that spend 12 hours a day playing video games oh, and they don't know what it's like to take a sip of somebody else's bathwater. So they're I, like, yeah, look, fuck it, I'll pay for it. I, I, I'll be right. I'll be honest right now. I'm jealous. I can't be gaming all the time, man. Yeah. I wish I could. I yeah. can't. There's not a chance. Not not a chance. I but agree. the point is, is that um, I'm saying when I, I'm talking shit about gamer guys who bought bathwater uh, because that's gross and you guys are pathetic, but I'm, I'm talking shit about gamer guys because I'm envious that you guys get to play as well. So moving on to the next story that Buy we Tools want to Buy Tool's album for $600. No, yeah, do it for it. We're gonna, I'm sure we'll talk about it when it comes out. See, this is what upsets me, yeah. though. See, he's like, I want that. I want people. I know you, I know you want people to want it, but mm-hmm. what I don't like is people are just going to buy it just for that. I'm going to buy four copies yeah. and then three of those well, copies. Well, they can't now. I'm just, they might, but I'm just saying they could have done it before. You don't think that there weren't enough people going, all right, I'm going to buy some copies and then I'm going to okay, see wait, what, wait, I'm going to see where it goes. Your conspiracy theory on the new dude, are you kidding Hold me? on real quick. Well, hold on, hold on. Let me get this out. This is why people bought, dude, Death let, of let Superman is out. the wait, same wait, way. Wait, wait, Let's I not just... talk over each other. Let me get this out. Let me get this out. Your conspiracy theory is that somebody's like, I'm going to buy 150, 200 copies of the new tool record. And sell them for more because it's a CD. Yes. <laughs> well, dumb fuck. Guess what just happened? Hey, 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 I think this is all coincidental and accidental. I don't think there's anybody out there that's like, I'm going to scalp these tickets with a tool record. Dude, Not, I'm just saying. No, no, I don't no. Think that's the because case. all I'm saying is is the, the, the amount of packaging and all that stuff mm-hmm. that's going to go into it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they knew they were going to be able to get away They would have known it. that it would have sold out, though. It's hilarious to me because Gooch has, like, Brandon has. Doc Brown hair right now. And he's like, no, I know. Hey, he's that like, means that means somebody like, guessed it like like the big short. I'm gonna bet against the market. The tool record's gonna sell out and buy more copies. You're of gonna it. see. Oh, You're gonna see. That's that what every conspiracy theorist guy says. Conspir- just wait yes, and see. Yeah, something like that's never happened. When the death of Superman ha- came out that day, my mom took me to this comic book store and went from five dollars uh-huh. to twenty dollars like in a day I because know. it was no. limited. They knew this was gonna be limited. Mm-hmm. Hey. Hey man, hey, and I guarantee you, you're going to see stuff in the forty dollar copy that that like on the first wave that you're not going to get from here on out. So my conspiracy theory is starting to sound a little bit more believable because there's people out there that love to take advantage of the system. To you, Jaws, is it sounding more believable? Well, I don't think it's. I don't <laughs> it's think not it's, to me. It's not. You're making it sound insidious when I buying know. things for future value is not. Am I an evil mastermind because of the box of Beanie Babies I have in my closet? Yeah, but you bought them, but you didn't buy them. Going one of these days, they're going to pay off my student uh, loans. Yes. I Oh, well, there you go. All of us did. So there you go. And you fell for it. (laughs) So you just backed me up. You just Uh, fell for it. Except for a Beanie Baby just sold for like $25,000. Okay, what about one of your Beanie Babies? None of mine. (laughs) People are buying bathwater from a gamer girl. Gamer girl. (laughs) Buy bathwater. That's crazy to me. Wow. Listen. Hey, 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 that's cool. The economy of bathwater, it's it's rising and we need that. It's cool. Thanks, sad dudes. Next. I hope she farted in it. (laughs) Yeah. 
I bet she could have sold it for more. I was going to say she could have made more money. So gross. I hate that. When I think about guys doing that, it makes me fucking infuriate. I just, I hate it so much. Oh, man, don't kink shame just because they like farts. Oh, no, I'll kink shame. (laughs) Oh, dude, I'll kink shame all day. Dude, if you tell me, if you sit there and try to get me to feel bad. I wish somebody gave those dudes a hug, man. What the fuck? If you try and get me to feel like I'm some kind of bully because I look at some guy and go, wait a minute, you want a girl to fart directly in your mouth and I'm not not allowed to call you a name? You get the fuck out. Out of here, <laughs> drinking bath water. God damn! I don't know why, you, I, dude. You're you're just saying drinking bath water because that's a no doubt song. Nobody said about drinking it. She just sold it. She oh, sold it as a drink. It. They yeah, drink you it. Know they drink there's, it. There's tons of YouTube videos drink, where guys are like me drinking bath water dude, or whatever. Dude, her name it's is. gonna be. Hey, is that her name? Something like. Don't that, drop yeah. her name on here. We, we definitely don't <laughs> no, want to no, send no. nobody to We're stupid ladies. We're bleeping that out. Yeah, I'm bleeping. I don't even know how to bleep. Bleep it out. Jesus. Yeah, dude. Seriously, I could see every one of these gamer dudes sipping that like it's Austin Powers mojo. <laughs> like you get the fuck out of here. Let's 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 see who gets more money. Her this chick, this gamer girl on her bathwater, or all those all those tool guys that tool. scalp the record. Tool ready to fucking kill. <laughs> tool watch tool get it. Okay, I'm not saying one person's gonna get forty grand. I'm saying one person's gonna get a five hundred dollar uh, five hundred dollar profit from buying a forty dollar record. Watch how dumb people are. People are some of them are hey, fucking hey, hey. stupid. No, I don't. I'm not. Uh, what you said was in, they did it with intent. I'm definitely. I definitely agree with you that people will buy this record if they don't do another production line of it. They will sell it for a lot on eBay. I definitely think that. But what you said is that somebody did it with intent, bought a bunch that they knew this was going to happen, that they knew it was going to be sold out. That's what was uh, stated. Yes okay, or no? but what I'm trying to tell you, yes, though, uh, yes or no. <laughs> That might have been what was stated. That was stated. Moving on. No, that's no. how you would argue. But they knew it was. But they knew it was pre-order. They knew it was pre-sale. Fair enough. Next oh, story. Shut up. <laughs> shut up. When Pete says fair enough, everybody gets mad because they know I just like. That nah. just means that he thinks you're dumb and doesn't want to exactly. let you know. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it does. It's a fucking hard exit. Fair enough is my hard exit with no. a smile. Fair but enough. the thing is, though, how many times have I been right when Pete's like, "You're crazy," and I'm like, "Okay, um, Pete." The Jocelyn, how many times has Brandon been? Right. <laughs> How many times have you been right? I You're always fifth. wrong. I plead the fifth. Dude, Pete sits there and pretends like shit's not happening. Hey, it's hey, really hey. happening. Did I not fair enough a minute ago? It's fair, fair enough. enough. Let's move fair on. Enough. Uh, no. fair and enough. then you called me stupid. I did not. There, there was an insinuation made, and then there was a challenge made, and then stupid. Jocelyn had a long no, pause. When Jocelyn you said, something. said that when you said fair enough, you were basically saying, Brandon, you're stupid. Shut up. Moving on. Do you guys not want to talk about Attila? I do. I want to talk about Attila. Do you guys not want to talk about I fucking. We, we love it. Here's a side story on this uh, Attila thing. Because this is a funny story. I was at the Apple store. And the dude at the Apple store was like, oh, dude, you do the Metal Sucks? I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he goes, you know what happened with that Attila thing? This is a while back. I think I told you about this, right? And if you guys don't know, when Attila was out here, um, Chris Fra- Franz, he punched a security guard in the head, right? And the guy had a video. He was in the front row. He's like, I promised Attila I wouldn't show anybody, but I'll show it to you. And I'm like, well, I'm going to fucking talk about it. So don't show it to me if it's bad. And uh, it turns out the security guard he punched in the head, female. Yes. Yeah. <gasps> yeah. Clear uh, as day in the video I saw. Clear as day he had a female big, security guard. How big was this woman? Was she like she China? Was a, she was, a, she was a, 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 I mean, a bigger girl, but it was a female. He right. still punched a girl I mean, in the head. She's working security. Yeah, she's working security. I don't know. I don't, so, uh, I'm I, a feminist. Punch all the women you want. Uh, no. There you go, Josh. <laughs> Jesus. Yep. Thank you. So we should Ray Rice. You're back in the NFL. You know, I gotta tell you, there's oh, no that, nice. like on occasion you guys will say something. I'm like, I didn't see that coming. Yeah. 
Anyway, so uh, yeah, that, that's just a side story because I thought it was so funny that the Apple guy's like, I got to show you this, but don't tell anybody. I work for Metal Sucks Podcast. Yeah, like, <laughs> oh like, you're going to show me something? I go, I'm going to protect Attila for you? No, bro. No. Dude punched a female security guard in the head. Yep. So anyways, moving on. Uh, I wonder this what way. he would have thought too, by the way, because he was like yelling at He's like, how dare you? Uh, you know, screaming, trying yeah. to act like tough guy, and it was a female. Oh, God, that makes me what happened? So what do you think he thought when she turned around? Do you think it happened in slow motion? Yeah. Was he well, like, he hit her oh. in the back. If, if I remember the video, I know this is old news, and I don't know, but I know it was, a, it was like a it was a yeah he hit her in the back of the, the head the back of the head so uh, he he probably didn't know it was a female security guard yeah. that i mean it doesn't make any it's a sucker punch so it, yeah. makes, it doesn't matter but the fact is, is that i guess she was getting rough with guys maybe because you know she needed to get put a little more strength in there that's what it happened equal exactly. rights equal punches okay <laughs> No, Jocelyn, you're so forward I'm going I'm to say something right now. If any guy hits Jocelyn in front of me and Brandon, we will fuck you up. It's true. Right? It's you know, true. Like, and she will not equal punch you. Yeah. We will fucking punch yeah. you. And, yeah. by, and by we, Pete means Pete. Yeah. Because so, I am with Jocelyn. I'm a feminist now. And I'm like, you know what? That's only because Brandon she, wants to punch me like yeah. once a oh, week. Oh, God. I know. I have oh. to protect Jaws from Brandon. Oh, God. I just want to swing into you. Like There's Spider-Man. a dilemma. Mom, Dad, why? I just want to hurricane Rana, Jaws. Now, what is Attila doing again? Oh, okay, Attila. So, back to Attila. Yes. Uh, anyway, so people. they they posted a picture on Instagram of them kissing on okay. stage, and I guess a lot of their fans got homophobic and crazy because who would ever think that Attila fans, yeah, are uh, homophobic and uh, not intelligent? Who would ever think the band that that has a shirt that says "Suck My Fuck"? Yeah. <laughs> It's surprising that all those PhD holders were so homophobic. Yeah, I remember. <laughs> saw that coming. Yeah, I think, uh, yeah, when you write a, a, a phrase like suck my fuck, I mean, that's just going to inspire people. I'll never forget the first time we talked about it. The Brendan's like, you can't suck a fuck. It's <laughs> yeah, it's a verb. It's a verb. You can't suck a verb. You can't suck, suck a verb. Yeah, you're verbing the verb. Yeah. And, and, this is bad grammar. That's yes, what it says, this Brandon. Is dumb. And he was upset about the fact it was bad grammar. Then it's like, suck I'm like, suck my fuck. <laughs> it's a Rhyme, fuck man. my fuck. How yeah, about that? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, fuck my fuck. Okay. Yeah, fuck a fuck. Yeah. It's a well, verb. Well, it depends. Are we calling this dude a fuck? Because if he's a fuck, if he's a dumb fuck, fuck that dumb fuck. Well, then mm. you could suck him, though. Yeah, that's okay. Suck that dumb fuck. But no, no, but you can't be like, suck my fuck, because then you're talking about like your friend. Hey, suck my dumb fuck friend. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, like, you're right. So it's like, suck my fuck. They're trying to be clever. And no, you're not. Your name's Attila. Stop. Anyway, the point is, is, is we've been trying to talk about Attila for five minutes, and now we're less intelligent. I am, I am, I am fired up today. Brandon's. Brandon's Fired up. I drank a cold it. brew and I'm ready to. And fucking... his hair is sticking up in every which direction, Dude, so right. he literally looks like I, Doc I, Brown. I, I, I saw too many fucks. <laughs> it's, it's true. His hair is everywhere. I'm jealous. I'm envious, just like the gamer guys. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, so oh, I need some bath water. I need some bath water. <laughs> <laughs> give me, give me the kick I need to start my day. Some gamer chicks bath water. So Franz, if we can say something positive, even though he punches a girl security guard in the head and he he verbs a verb, uh, <laughs> don't do it. Don't verb. Verber, verber in my presence. <laughs> when his homophobic and ignorant fans attacked him on Instagram, this was his response. If you think two girls kissing is hot, but you talk shit when two dudes kiss, go hop off a bridge real quick. Fragile masculinity is toxic. Hate me for my IG post. Unfollow me. Talk shit. I don't care. I do what I want. My band is strange. We don't give a fuck. And at the end of the day, we fuck girls way better than you. And then we suck them. 
<laughs> so his response was like, I don't care, bro. We can, I can kiss a Hey, dude. look, I will tell him I this. Just, that is such a 17-year-old kid at a party come back to be like, whatever, bro. I fuck chicks better than you anyway. Yeah, exactly. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, I fucked your mom. <laughs> like, Dude, my, my deal is, is okay, number one, let's first that's off. That's very subjective, Franz. <laughs> first off, even though. I'm saying. First very off, subjective for chicks in general. Even though we just got done clowning Attila, let's give him a little bit of praise. Yeah. I will we say. We will give him a little bit of credit I for, will for say, saying, for stepping go fuck out. yourself, you homo- homophobic yeah, yes. idiots. Right. But at credit. the same time, though, when you come out with a shirt that says, suck my fuck. <laughs> And you're punching security guards and you're inciting all this dumb male toxic bullshit. You know, I mean, that always happens when you get like, yeah, bro, what the fuck, bro? You know, I mean, you know, homophobia is going to come along with that. So it's like the idea to see that he's so shocked. Like, it's like, dude, you only did that so we would talk about you on the Metal Sucks podcast. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so you're saying the fraternity that PC Principal was in doesn't really exist? No. No, no, no. I don't. No. I don't. You know, and it's like, and that's what I'm getting Check at. your privilege, bro. Yeah, check your privilege, bro. So Whatever. Fuck, bro. I don't care what either of you think. I can fuck chicks way better than you. Thank you. Thank you, Jocelyn. <laughs> that's subjective, yeah. but exactly. it's possible, too. I mean, yeah, Jocelyn, let me tell you something. Mm. Uh, you find, Pete. You, the mm. hottest woman you've ever been with, Jocelyn, will scissor someone ten times hotter. That's yeah, just well, how. That's right. That's forward thinking. Yeah. That's forward yeah. thinking. And if you and I fucked, it would be just as beautiful. No. Mm. Thanks, Attila. <laughs> Not <laughs> as hot, I'll tell you that. <laughs> no. no. Not as hot. I'm out. <laughs> Shit. And does that make me not feminist? Or yeah, does that, what does that make me now that I think we're it's... We're all toxic masculinity. That if God you and I, that damn if, it. That if you and I made love, and if you and if you walked in and saw a picture of that, you'd be like, whoa, I thought Brandon was way hotter. I'm glad he knew he was talking to me, and he said made, made love. love. That's yeah. very sweet. Yeah, yeah. Thank Dude, you, buddy. Hey, look, bro. Thank you, buddy. There's a lot of times we've been there for each other. You have too much history to yeah. fuck. Yeah. You yeah. would never suck each other's fucks. Dude, I would never hate fuck Pete, number one. <laughs> <laughs> so there's always going to be love involved. I'm, if I fuck Pete, I'm going to call him back the next day. <laughs> All right, love. so good job, Franz from Attila. We uh, here at the Metal Sucks, we approve one thing you've done in your career so good far. Job. Good you job. You know what? Hey. You're on our good we, side. We're going to send uh, some of Pete's bathwater to you <laughs> <laughs> for free. I'm a pee in it. Buying bathwater. Fucking dying. All right, guys. Well, with that. Uh, I, let's jump into our interview, man. <laughs> Great talk. Make sure you guys check out Betraying the Martyrs' new record, Rapture. It's coming out September 13th. But let's get to my chat with Aaron Matz. Everybody, what's going on? It's Petter with the Metal Sucks Podcast. On the phone, I have Aaron from Betraying the Martyrs. We are here to talk about the new album, Rapture, which is coming out September 13th. Now, Aaron, we're going to jump right into the recent incident you guys did have on tour now, we, we love to just hear the details of all that, but you guys unfortunately were on tour recently out here in the States and had this van catch on fire. Can you tell us exactly what happened there? Uh, yeah, so we just got finished playing our show in Los Angeles, and uh, we left we left the venue, I'd say, around 1.30 in the morning, and about two and a half hours into the drive, around four in the morning, uh, we got woken up by a driver who had noticed smoke coming out of the trailer. Um, yeah, so, you know, the van was all full of smoke. Everyone got out in our underwear. We was at a, a gas station. And, uh, yeah, and as we stopped, our driver turned around and opened the trailer. And as he did so, flames just come pouring out as the oxygen entered uh, into the trailer. And, yeah, there's nothing really we could do. We just kind of stood there and watched all of our stuff burn to the ground. It was terrible. 
Yeah, and now the re- the reasoning of what started the fire, um, did anybody ever do like any kind of investigation or did you guys ever figure out what might have happened? No, uh, I'm just I mean, nothing's one hundred percent confirmed, but I'm just going off what the California fire department said on, on, on the scene. Uh, there was actually a generator in the trailer. The the vehicle worked kind of like an RV. Uh, so whenever it, it was, whenever it wasn't moving, it had to be had to have a separate power source, and uh, a, a gas fuel generator was provided to us with the rental. And we believe that uh, there was a problem with that, like it heated up, uh, must mm. have been some kind of short circuit or or something like that. Uh, but that's that's for sure where the where the fire came from. And uh, luckily enough, our driver managed to get in. He kind of ran into the flames and, you know, through. we had a jerry can full of gasoline in there too. I think there was one or two. He managed to get one of them out. Yeah, so yeah. Man. That was for sure how it started from the from the generator. Wow. And then um, a lot of stuff, like you said, it's, it's, a, it's a horrible thing that's happened because you guys have lost all your equipment that you amassed throughout your career for touring yeah. and all that stuff. But the silver lining is that there has been a GoFundMe that, that I do want to talk about that was put out there. And you guys are just about at your goal, which I think the fans really stepped up and kind of showed uh, a lot of support here. Now, when you do actually, I know that you there's a lot of personal stuff that is priceless to you guys that you can't get back. But when you get the GoFundMe gets through and all that stuff, are you guys back on track or is it going to be a couple of years for you to get everything back together? Yeah, I mean, the 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 cost, the the price, of the I mean, the total of the GoFundMe isn't going to be able to cover all of the costs that come along with something like that. You know, like we had flights booked straight from the U.S. to Romania, where we have a festival performance next week. Uh, but we had to fly ourselves back, for example, uh, back to France. Uh, you know, there's we don't we don't really want to get into it, but yeah. we want to kind of keep it out of the courts with this whole rental thing. So there's going to have to be some kind of settlement, some kind of agreement. Uh, there's going to have to be uh, quite a bit taken out of there. But, you know, we're prepared to put all of our money that we have on the line in order to get our equipment and make sure that we can make our uh, the performances that we have uh, booked. We actually have a performance this week in, in Romania. And yeah, we're going to be back on the road, man. Nice, man. Nice. That's what it is. It's all about resilience. So this is the biggest yeah. um, thing that's happened in your guys' career to kind of stall movement. Um, has anything like mm-hmm. this uh, occurred through any time in your career? that has kind of stopped you guys and had you had to rebuild? Uh, actually, yes. Uh, at the very start of the band, uh, we was on tour in the UK and uh, we had another van breakdown. Uh, the van's engine actually blew up. So uh, once once the vehicle managed to get back to France, uh, we had another kind of battle with the rental company who, you know, who should be taking the blame and whatever. And actually he ended up just keeping the van and all its contents. That was at the very start of the band's career. But um, yeah, we basically lost a whole backline that time too. Oh, wow. So you never got it back? They just kept it? Never got it back. Wow. Wow. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, really cool. Yeah, (laughs) we haven't been too lucky. But I mean, you know, bad stuff happens to good people all the time. All the time. uh, Yeah, we're not the first band to have lost all of our stuff you know there's 
Miss May I lost all of their stuff in uh, in Italy one time. And, uh, yeah, I mean, there's a long list of bands that have had problems like this. So I guess you just kind of suck it up and move on, you know? Yeah, resilience is part of, I think, life in general for every human being in, in some way. Um, it's the things that you don't see coming, how you handle them, that uh, defines you kind of down the road, you know? Um, exactly. I mean, it's kind of thing that you see and you, and you think, you know, wow, that's crazy, but it will never happen to us, you know? And when it does, it's just like, shit, you know? Like, I guess we're, we're not, you know, why shouldn't it happen to us? You know, it, it happens to lots of people. So, uh, like you said, we're really lucky that, that fans stepped up and, uh, and our endorsements and brands that, that help us out have also stepped up and kind of offered to, you know, help us get back on the road, which is great. Yeah, and the luckiest thing of all is no nobody actually was hurt, you know, in that. It could have, like you said, with the gas cans, if maybe they didn't see the fire, it could have been a much worse situation. So um, that's what I... Oh, for sure. When I saw the pictures, sure. I was like, whew, thank God it didn't, you know, get any, any, you know, to any members or any, you know, people that were working there. Like the sprinter that we had, it had bunks inside and our heads were, you know, kind of right against the back door. And that was where the fire kind of originated from, like right in the end of the trailer. So... Luckily, our driver, Daniel Johnson, he was really reactive to the situation and got everyone out and kind of got pulled over and uh, got everyone out of the van before, before you know, anything happened to, to the van itself. Now, an, an odd part, because we want to move on. We want to talk about the new album, Rapture. Um, but I think resilience, mm -hmm. I think a lot of bands listen to the podcast and I think learning the resilience and, and, you know, how to work your way through things is such an important lesson for him. But one of the kind of odd things in the story is that it did mention that your manager is Chris Adler, formerly of Lamb of God, mm -hmm. and his drum kit from Megadeth was in the van, um, or in the um, yeah, in the van that caught fire. Mm -hmm. Tell us uh, why was his drum kit there? What was going on with that? Well, because uh, well, he's our manager mm -hmm. uh, has been for a little while. He only re re recently, excuse me, uh, recently got uh, announced. And uh, yeah, I mean we we've always kind of struggled to have our own drum kit over in the States, you know, it's either you rent one or, you know, you kind of use a drum kit from, you know, one of the other bands on the package, but this being our very first headlining tour, you know, like Chris kind of reached out and said, listen, you know, I've got, I've got this drum kit amongst many others. Like, you know, would you like to take it on the road? And of course we said, yes, you know, yeah. not knowing that happened. And uh, yeah, it's crazy. How, how often in your life can you say that you burnt, Chris Adler's drum kit, you know, it's kind of, <laughs> Jesus. As you mentioned, Chris Adler is your manager. He has been for a lot of years and he started a management company a couple of years back. How did you guys um, come together and how did that whole uh, uh, partnership happen? Well, we kind of, I think it was, I think it was our guitar player, uh, Baptiste. We, we actually, we parted ways with, with management in general a, a couple of years ago, you know, we, we'd, we've been on the road for quite some time and we've had a couple of managers, you know, and we just thought we'd give it out, give it a little try, you know, try and manage ourselves and see how we get along. Um, but with the new album cycle kind of coming together and there's so many things to take care of, you know, logistics wise and, you know, touring in the States and everything else, we just kind of, you know, we wanted to get a new manager. And I think, I think, he, yeah, Baptiste just kind of reached out to him, you know, like, he found out they had this new management company, been working with a band called Discarnate. And uh, yeah, it was as simple as that. We just hit him up, said, hey, you know, we really like what you do. And uh, I think we sent him a link to our new album, which had, you know, it's been finished for quite some time now. And he listened to it and he just got back to us saying, listen, like, I really love what you guys are doing. I love what you've done in the past. Uh, let's just do it. You know, it just kind of came together really easily. And uh, 
and it's a great partnership. He's one of the most motivated people I've ever met. He's by far the, the most on-the-ball manager we've ever worked with. And, uh, yeah, it's a pleasure to work with such a legend, you know? Absolutely. No, I can only imagine the experience and the stuff that he's gone through um, that he would be able to teach all every band out there as a manager, but also as a musician or, you know, anything that you guys probably knew like what what answer wouldn't he have i i'm wondering about touring life you know no, exactly yeah. exactly he knows you know he's really positive too like when things like the accident happened he he's got this real way of you know way with words and just uh keeping everyone you know positive and trying to look at the bright side of things and uh yeah he's definitely been a huge factor in uh in as you know wanting to stay on our feet and just, and just keep going Excellent, man. So let's talk about the new record, Rapture. As as we mentioned, it is coming out September 13th out here. Um, this is your guys' fourth record, and it was described as the ultimate album by you guys. But I want to talk about the um, first single that you guys put out, a song called Parasite. Um, there's a quote that you talked about, the subject matter of the song. It's dealing with the evil self and the kind of the internal battle between the evil self and like the good self in your mind. Can we talk mm. more about this philosophy on this, on the song? Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, it's something that I've, you know, I've tried to touch on in previous tracks before. Uh, and I think it was kind of the time now because a lot of people are, are talking about mental health now. I think it's become like a little bit less of a t taboo subject and, you know, people have been, have been a little bit more open about it. Uh, yeah, I think, I think everybody has this kind of secondary voice in your mind that, you know, kind of, puts you down or, you know, brings up past uh, bad experiences and is an excuse not to move forward. And uh, and I had a difficult period in my life, just like I'm sure everyone has, uh, quite some, uh, quite a few years ago. And it was, yeah, it was just a battle with just my own self, just kind of putting myself down and, you know, you know, putting myself in bad situations, which were stopping me from moving forward in, in the right way. And, uh, and I, I managed to come out of that out of that period uh, in my life and uh yeah i just wanted to write about it just kind of maybe give other people some kind of ins inspiration to just kind of leave it behind you know it's not if you go for a hard childhood and you have some things that you know kind of on your mind and just don't let them stop you from from being who you who you're supposed to be right now you know absolutely yeah well a lot of people you know uh, as they're dealing with the situations of, cause it seems like we all kind of hate ourselves, you know, every single person out there. Yeah. yeah. And we all kind of judge ourselves and look at ourselves with that shame, with that guilt, with that fear, all the things that are mm. kind of taught. But, um, in what way do you, cause it, it is a mental health issue, but in what way do you think the, the way that we're taught and the way that we're media is put at us in what way do you think that affects? Because we all kind of do have a similar, I guess, story when it comes to looking inward, you know? Oh, yeah, for sure. Well, definitely media, for sure, has something to do with it. No, no doubt, you know, like everyone's putting out on the internet and on their Instagram or, you know, whatever it may be, uh, the, the best versions of themselves trying to make themselves look, you know, in the best light they possibly can. And it kind of makes people who are feeling down on themselves maybe feeling a little bit uh, inferior, you know? Mm -hmm. And, uh, and but it, you know, it's, it's quite important. And uh, also, I find that these days people are trying so hard to identify with something. You know what I mean? To try and be individual in some kind of in some in some kind of way. And uh, I think maybe uh, some people might look upon 
you know, their mental health issues and bad things that have happened in their lives as ways to kind of identify with something, you know what I mean? But I think I think that's a bad way to look at things. You should identify with, you know, where you want to be and where, where you're going forward instead of, you know, bad things that happen. Yeah, and that's that's one thing that I did, you know, maybe, I don't know if you were late, but I've never found the, the uniform or the, you know, the group mentality, something that works for me, but you always want to strive to be an individual. And that's the thing is that that's where I've always run into issues is like, I, I, I can't be an individual because I, I grew up in the same time frame as millions of people and all those influences, like it's it's set up against me. Like there's got to be lots of lots of people out there just like me with the same mindset, yet I can't find any of them or relate to them. You know, um, so I think that's a thing that the the versions of people's selves that we see are fake versions, as you mentioned on Instagram and stuff like that. But how do, how do we as a culture, you know, reject wanting to be more than human? You know. Yeah, mate. That, that's the the eternal question. You know. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's kind of a vicious circle, you know, vicious cycle, excuse me. People see these better versions of themselves and, you know, it makes them put themselves down. But at the same time, you know, they kind of want to compete with it too. So they're trying to let everyone know how great they're doing. And, uh, but whilst also kind of knowing deep down that maybe they're not doing so great, you know. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's not good on the mental state, man. Absolutely. No, I like what you just said about compete because you're right. It's like if you don't compete, depression can hit you hard. If you do compete and you fail, it probably hits you harder. So it's like it's almost like a catch 22. But that is how we um, that's kind of how we I mean, the system's made before we enter it and we just have to acclimate to it. And that's the process that's so hard is the acclimation process um, as you're growing up, you know? Um, Yeah, no, no, absolutely. Definitely. Yeah. You grew up in like a skateboard culture, am I correct? And kind of you were skating and stuff like that. Can you tell me yeah, about yeah. what that culture was like where you grew up? Well, I grew, yeah, I grew up in a place called uh, Leicester in England. Uh, very kind of industrial, working class uh, background, uh, family and uh, everything else. And um, yeah, I, I found skateboarding through through one of the Tony Hawk's games. And uh, yeah, I mean, that was definitely my gateway into into music and you know a alternative kind of lifestyle you know whilst you know i, I, stay, I finished school uh, really early and uh yeah skateboarding and even when i was working i started working i did the factories like like my parents did and uh yeah like my family did and yeah that was the kind of that only escape and uh but skateboarding does have a have a knack to kind of lead people into into the music industry too you know yeah, and uh, parts of that culture, though, there's also um, other parts that might be, they're positive, but there's also, growing up at that time, was it kind of more of a gang mentality mm-hmm. and a violent mm-hmm. culture like we were experiencing out here in America during that time, or was it more of a accepting and friendly culture? Well, the culture in general, like the, the British culture in the time that I was growing up, or the skateboarding culture? Yeah, I guess the British uh, culture, or the skateboarding oh. culture of Britain, because out here in America, it was very... Um, I don't know what the word is, but it was almost like a gang mentality. Like there was a lot of uh, nefarious things when you were hanging out with the skaters. There was a lot of drugs. There was a lot of things that were going on. It was it was very an anarchy type culture that was lined up with yeah. a punk rock thing. Uh, I can go back to the movie like Kids if anybody saw that film. That's that, a brilliant movie. Yeah, that was kind of the culture that you know. Um, that was obviously an extreme version of it. Don't get me wrong, but that was kind of the mentality yeah. behind the culture um, when I was growing up. Was it similar um, to you? Um, when you were growing up or no was it different at that time 
Mm, I mean, yeah, it was kind of similar. There was, you know, gang related kind of, you know, everyone have their own crews and stuff and their own ideologies and kind of beef with different, different skateboarders. But at the same time, it was kind of an escape from, uh, from the middle class kind of, you know, in, in Britain, in certain areas of Britain, um, there's a violent kind of culture, you know, there's a violent drinking culture. Uh, it's very, very common for people to go out drinking, uh, you know, the end of the night with a fight. And that's just kind of the way it goes, you know. And uh, and skateboarding was, you know, at that certain age was kind of a way to to, to get away from that, you know. It was, violence was pretty much everywhere else but in skateboarding. And uh, I think that's uh, still the case in a lot of places in, in England, you know. The drinking, fighting, kind of hooligan uh, culture that revolves a lot around uh, football is very present in uh, in England, and it definitely was back then, for sure. Yeah, do you feel that that might be part? That's part of that culture that you just talked about—the drinking, the football. Because you know, we, we have this, a very similar thing. That's a distraction for people because they have so they have to work so much of their time, you know, at jobs they yeah. may not love, and that that's the only time where they can feel free and kind of like I'm going to do whatever I want. Do you think that that is um, a very negative thing, or do you think it's a good thing for people to like unwind and let go? You know, unfortunately, it's going to always lead to alcohol and like you said hooligan behavior but uh mm. do you think that's yeah. vital though i think i think it is vital i mean you know it's kind of hard to look upon that kind of thing in a positive light but when you grow up with it and it's kind of just part of the culture and the life around there uh yeah i mean it's kind of yeah it's kind of vital you know people they're working in factories all day and then you know they get out and they just want to go down to the pub and they're just looking to have a good time and 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 the people that they're fighting with and scrapping with, they're kind of looking for the same things too. And it's a really weird dynamic. Mm -hmm. Like you could go out in one of these small British towns. If you're a local, you could get drunk down the pub and then you could have a fight with, you know, a bunch of other lads. And the next day, the very next day, you could see the, the same group of people in the, in the town center. And you just say hi to each other. You might even shake hands and, and say, you know, like, thanks for the, thanks for the fight. It was a good time. You know, it's, it's very, kind of mutual mutual you know mindset you know it's not as negative as it might sound and it definitely is a release to you know ordinary working class people like that just to get larry and have a little scrap and it's not i mean it doesn't apply to everybody but there's definitely a group of people in which that applies to and uh yeah, it's just part of the culture, man. Yeah, I think, and it's freedom. That that's the moment. That's their moment of freedom. That's their habit. That's what they choose. And it's hard to explain, but I've seen people like this, and it's like they're, they're they want to fight and they want to hurt somebody, but they don't want to kill anybody. They just want to hurt somebody or get hurt. You know, it's almost like a yeah, macho I'm, challenge, but it's not like a murderous type thing. Is that fair to say? It's like I'm not trying to kill somebody. Yeah. yeah. No, definitely, definitely. Uh, and I think that's the reason why I slipped into skateboarding and kind of music because. My brother is very much that way, you know. He's he's there with his shaved head, and he goes down the pub, and you know he comes out of work of the factories, and you know he goes down the pub, and he he looks for a bit of trouble, and it's it's a bit of fun. And but you know after kind of seeing him come coming home, and you know being in jail, and you know being all bruised up and stuff, and seeing how how much it upset my mum, I did try and kind of slip into something else, and skateboarding was definitely that that kind of thing, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that, that's. You learn in lesson. That's that's great because a lot of people will follow the path to be like, no, my brother's cool and this is awesome. But you're like, you know what? I can see a different route. Um, but I yeah. bet, did he get you into music though? Actually, strangely, yes. Like yeah. he's not a big music fan at all. But my um, 
but my parents are. You know, my dad was a big Motorhead fan, still is. Mm. Uh, my mum was really big on uh, David Bowie, uh, T-Rex, and uh, Pink Floyd and stuff like that. And uh, But it was my brother who bought back uh, Slipknot's first album. He brought it back from school, you know, he, back in the day when people were burning CDs for the first time. And uh, he bought he bought me back a, a CD. He said, oh, I listen to this. It's, it's, it's dog shit. Just, you know, you might like it. And I put it on and... I was just like, yeah, this is amazing. Yeah, yeah dude, yeah, that's that's awesome that he, he gave it to you, but he he didn't promote it. He said, "This is awesome. This is awful. You might like it." That's how it works, though. And you're like, "Yes." That's yeah, it was yeah. like, you know, this is this is for idiots. Maybe you'd like it. You know, <laughs> like, <laughs> we had a very kind of rough relationship. That is, but yeah, thankful. That is that is awesome. Yeah, I always feel like siblings have the. I feel like we listen to very very few people as we grow up, and we we look to like I said the the false world, whether it be music, movies, whatever, and kind of take lessons from that. We listen to them, but I always think that the family, the brother, the mother, the dad, they get in there, you know, before other people when you're searching for things. Mm-hmm. So I, I always think that the influences are strong on, on that side of of the fence. Even even if he says don't listen to this, that's that's funny. Yeah. <laughs> also, let's talk about like you. You are a very pro cannabis person. Is that correct? Uh, I mean, I'm definitely not against it. I'm not mm-hmm. a huge smoker, oh. uh, but there is there, there is some huge smokers in the band, and you know we're definitely advocates for that. You know, we, we're not going to go out of our way to promote it or or to denote it. But yeah, I mean, I can see only the the, the benefits of cannabis, not only uh, with strong THC containing cannabis, but also CBDs and the, you know the medical effects and uh, that it can have on people. For example, people with Parkinson's and uh, you know, yeah, I, I'm definitely an advocate for that. And I am, I am for well. We have it, we have it legalized in my uh, state that I live in. I live in Las Vegas, um, out here, and um, oh wow. So uh, the 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 thing I was talking uh, thinking about though is that on a lot of ways, do you think that also can cause um, a very similar issue with like mental health and things like that? Because I see the the one thing that's risen out here since it's been legal is the amount of homelessness is kind of almost not doubled quite yet, but it's risen a lot. Oh, wow. and, and a lot of people, um, it tends to. I guess hurt their motivation when it's not recreational, and I, I for one person, I've never had it more than an enjoyable thing. So I've never been kind of addicted to it. But do you think that um, there is kind of a, a danger to it at all? You know, um, to having it be something recreational and legal across uh, the world and stuff. Yes, I mean, I'm going to be careful about what I say because mm-hmm. you know it's actually a very touchy subject. There's people that benefit very very greatly from the use of cannabis but saying that uh i think it's very important for people to use it uh from a responsible age uh because i'm definitely aware that uh when the when the brain is still developing uh heavy cannabis use can be you know uh, very detrimental to to mental health and yeah motivation when people are in school and uh you know Try in that period where they they got to make the right choices, and uh, you know, from personal use, I know that it can hurt motivation, and I would never personally smoke if I had a responsibility to take care of. Like I wouldn't smoke before speaking to you, you know, yeah. for example, and I wouldn't I wouldn't smoke before going on stage or having a job interview or or if I had to study, you know, if I was in school or whatever. And I think it's very important to for its use to be to be limited to only. Uh, only yeah, occasional recreational use and uh, and for medicational use. I mean, there, there is people, there are people that are high functioning uh, cannabis users, 
but I don't think that's the case for everybody. And uh, and you've got to use your the way you, your body reacts as your own example. You know, you can't just use it as somebody else will use it and expect it to have the, the same effects. You know, it's not good for for everybody. I mean, yeah. Perfect. Yeah. No, that's and that's the one thing is that we when we drink together when we smoke together you said your own body that's the thing you need to know your your limits and and how it affects you you're right though about the learning to escape and feel numbness at a very young age you know let it be 13 14 15 looking back i'm not saying i didn't do that um but looking back i I do see that there was such a um hurtful i go i guess that there was such a, a hurtful habit that formed instead of dealing with things a lot a lot of the ways whether it be with alcohol or drinking but that's the one thing that i've, I've it's it's impossible almost to sell to people because they have to experience it for themselves and, and hopefully come out on the other end i feel that way with all you know drugs or anything like that it's like unfortunately like you're not going to listen to us because generation after generation yeah. doesn't listen but the brain fully de- develops if i'm not mistaken as you mentioned at 25 isn't that right wow I mean, that's when it is. Yeah, it's 25 years old. Uh um, Because I remember having this conversation with someone. I'm like, people, I don't think like people should even be be able to do adult films that are 25 because they don't understand the consequences at 18 and 19 or whatever is legal. I remember having this conversation Uh and someone yelling at me about it. But uh, I'm like, their brain's not fully developed. They don't know, man. They can get taken advantage of (laughs) in like a bad way. So sure, yeah. I don't want to speak on subjects. that I'm not clued up on or anything, but yeah, I mean, anything, doing anything uh, that's going to affect your brain in a negative way uh, when when it's still developing, it's not good. You know, like I'll I'll be happy to advocate for for cannabis, for example, in in certain situations, but not until the brain is is fully developed. You know what I mean? Absolutely. No, I'm I'm a hundred percent in agreement with you on that. I think that it's a fantastic drug. I think it can be used real well. But I do think there's a a danger. Do I think it's as dangerous as alcohol? Absolutely not. Not even close. Um, but I don't think yeah. culturally alcohol will ever um, leave. You know, I think it's always going to be just a part of the world. I don't think anybody. I don't know why, but that's part of our. Um, yeah, it's just part of our culture. Like you said, you work nine to five. I want to go get drunk and punch somebody. That's your freedom. Man. <laughs> yeah, like it is. I don't I mean, want to take that also, away. Um, yeah. It's also about food, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like, I don't think there's anything more dangerous. Uh, I mean, you know, obesity, for example, is up there with one of the most dangerous things. I mean, is it is it the main cause of death uh, of people in America, if I'm not mistaken? Yeah, yeah, no, it is, yeah. Yeah, heart attacks and stuff. Um, and you're right, and that, think about the mental health tie into that. You know, there's a lot of things. And when we talk mental health, that's the thing, is that you can see there's a lot of, factors that we lose the battle with internally because they're habit you know and that's yeah the, that's yeah the, like food for example that's kind of why i was going with that yeah. you know is it an escape a lot of people use food as an escape and uh you know yeah yeah i don't want to touch too much on the subject because that's also a very you know touchy subject too but uh yeah but it's something that people use as an escape and uh and it's also something that's very subjective, you know. Uh, everyone's body reacts very differently, and you, you've got to be careful. Absolutely. With that, uh, you know, those drugs, you know. And the, and the habit of waking up and you know cooking food and doing this versus versus the drive through, which is so convenient in every way. Yes. It's yeah. It's mm-hmm. it's hard to break from the drive through mentality if you've done it 
for years. Oh, I can get more done this way than I need a nap. But obviously, like, it's not healthy for you. You're right, dude. All these things are kind of, you have to fight against all these things in order to be proud of yourself. It's like a little win every day when you're like, I did this for myself, you know? <laughs> no, um, it is. Yeah. But, but that's, you know, what's going on in the modern world. You know, there's lots yeah. of things that you kind of have to, to battle with a lot more than there was, for example, you know, I'm going to say, what, 20 years ago? Oh, uh, there's absolutely. just many different battles. I mean, even 10 years ago, you know? Mm-hmm. There's so many different things that, that you have that can make you feel inadequate in some kind of way. And, uh, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah it's, it's, and you're completely right. When life is faster, we have to move at the speed of what life is now. And 20 mm-hmm. years ago, like you said, the internet or whatever the case may be, could have been longer. It made life faster. So we have to move faster in order to survive and think like that. And to slow our lives down, that is a daily challenge, you know, because we want to get shit oh. done too, you know? So Totally, totally. Well, I've been battling with myself about not looking at my, at my, my phone when I'm in bed. Mm. You know what I mean? It's like... It's such a habit to get into bed and, and look at your phone and kind of scroll it and, until you fall asleep and then wake up and look at it. And you're getting this like flood of, you know, useless information, especially when you wake up. You know what I mean? Like messages and things that, you know, you get a flood of things that just kind of poison your brain and, and kind of keep you from stepping back and, you know, mm-hmm. taking care of your, your own life and your own responsibilities. And how are you doing with that? Because the phone is the most addictive habit that I think at least a lot of people have. But I, I deal, with, I struggle with that too. I, I wish I can turn it off more, but then I think about yeah. it. It's 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 really like seeped into my day to day thing, you know. So how, how are you dealing with that? Is do you turn it off, or you just step away from it, or I just step away from it. Yeah, uh, I made myself a new rule. Uh, don't. Oh, I'm something that trying at the minute. When I wake up. I, d- I try not to look at my phone once until I've got up, had a shit, had a coffee, uh, you know, had some food and had some water, you know, just do those kind of, you know, feed your body in the way that it should, that it should do, you know, have some water and some food. Uh, and then once you're fully woken up and kind of ready to take in information, have the choice to do so, you know, maybe take care of some errands that you have to do and then kind of look at your phone and get all the useless shit in there. Yeah. That's a great move, man, right there. Yeah. Cause I actually, I got an alarm clock cause my phone was my alarm clock. But every time I, I turned it off, I'd see the bubbles, you know. And so I just it sucked me in. So I'm like, I gotta get a, I gotta get an old school alarm clock. So I got one. It was it was the smartest oh, thing did. ever. There yeah, yeah. So now I just hit the there alarm clock, and I'm like, the phone's on the charger. I'll deal with it. Like like you said, after coffee, after like, let me cook some breakfast, and then you know, I like to watch TV when I wake up. Just like I don't care what it is, just some sitcom mindlessness, and then I'll go check on the world. Yeah. <laughs> but those 25 minutes in the morning, right before, oh man. It's gold. But yeah, I do yeah. like the oh. fact that I think a lot of people deal with that where they pick up their phone first thing in the morning and it dictates. Yeah. That. I mean, you, know, you, yeah. you look at your phone and you get some kind of message or email or something. And before you've even got out of bed, you, you're already stressed out about this, you know, whatever you've got to take care of. And, and I feel like taking a little 20 minutes to yourself, it's, it's going to make a big difference, you know? Mm-hmm. So you're not like waking up in a bad mood, you know? You've got to give yourself some time to, to be happy. Absolutely. No, truly, man. So one thing I also wanted to touch on, because I want to get back to the record, but um, everybody, again, Rapture is coming out September 13th. You guys knock it out of the park. Fantastic record, man. But uh, the music video for Parasite was really cool. Um, Can you tell me kind of the story and what you guys were going for on that one? Um, Well, actually, we we sent 
we simply sent the the, the track and mm. the lyrics to our friend, uh, Igor Imude, mm-hmm. his name is. Uh, he actually worked on a music video for Lost for Words, for Eternal Machine, for The Resilient, and for The Great Disillusion uh, off our last record. And uh, yeah, he's just a genius. He plays in a band called Uneven Structure, which is like a, a prog metal band who are absolutely fantastic. And uh, yeah, he's just a genius and he's a really close friend of ours. And we just kind of, since he did such a great job on the other on the other songs, you know, we just kind of sent him the lyrics and I got on the phone with him and kind of told him what it was about and then just gave him the green light. And he just went forward and did it, man. He just did it. He did a really great job. Uh, the, the wall and the corridor and all that kind of stuff that you can see in the music video was actually built by him. You know, it's like a whole fake corridor. You know, he built a big wall and wallpapered it. And, you know, it's crazy. Like, he really he really went all in to, to, to make it make mm-hmm. it look great. And, uh, yeah, I think he did a great job. I don't think I could have thought of a better way to kind of, you know, put into a, a visual what was going on in my mind when I wrote that song. Is it good when you, it's, that's a true collaboration where you're like, here, this is, now you add your art to it. You, you said you s- described a song, but visually, let him just kind of do his thing and be like, here you go, and collaborate that way. Do you like that, or do you like to have more control? It's a little bit difficult. I I, I would like, I mean, yeah, I, I guess I do like to have a certain amount of control over it, but at the same time, because we know how good he is, mm-hmm it was kind of easy to kind of let him do his thing. But the way he works is very strange. He works alone. Uh, you know, he just has one camera and he films everything himself. And he has it all in his head. He doesn't have it really written down anywhere. So it's super weird. Like, he'll just, you know, tell you to do something or act in a certain way and you'll film it and it'll be like, okay, next shot, next shot. And then he'll just kind of go that way and he gets it done really quickly. And his strength lies in uh, post-production you know he kind of films stuff very basic and uh and then he just gets gets back to his computer and i guess sits in his office for three weeks on end and just kind of does a bunch of you know treats it and adds a load of effects and stuff and then when it comes out only then only a, a month or so down the line can you really see what he had in mind so it's a little bit kind of stressful you know not really knowing what's going on in his mind and not really having anything to kind of look at but it's also exciting, you know what I mean? It's like opening a Christmas present. It's like, wow, that's great. It's going to be difficult to work with another director, actually, you know, after working with him for so many tracks. It's going to be weird to, to put our confidence in someone else, but that, that's good I guess too. it's going to have to come up. Yeah, maybe down the road, but that's good too, man. You have somebody. You found somebody that has a, a visual aspect that really works well for the band. And, and like I said, it was a great video, so... And uh, with that, Aaron, um, I do want to once again tell everybody, guys, Betraying the Martyrs' new record, Rapture. It's coming out September 13th. Make sure you pre-order it. Um, You guys are going to get back on your feet here. It looks like you're going to be playing the show in Romania, as we just mentioned, and then the touring cycle is going to go straight through. Um, Regardless, I want everybody to go to the GoFundMe page, look up Betraying the Martyrs, and help, help them reach their goal. They're so close to where it needs to be. Um, and all that. So I, I do want you guys to get back on your feet and go 100%, dude. So um, If I could please uh, yeah. ask people also to go to uh, betrayingthemartyrs.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can find our big cartel in there. Ooh. And we ha- have some items up for sale that we managed to kind of salvage uh, from the from the fire and some ones that we had before. And for each uh, each order, we will be putting in a, dig- a dig- digital... Uh, 
cards for, for the pre-order for the album. So people will get the, the album for free with every big cartel order. Oh, nice. That's excellent. Yeah, so anything off the BritannianTheMartyrs.BigCartel.com, you guys will give them a digital card for the record if they purchase something? A certain, yeah, 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 yeah. And all, all CDs have been signed, and uh, oh, yeah, they get they get free posters too. There's, there's some really cool uh, items on there that have actually that actually kind of have big burns on them and stuff, like some denim jackets that look pretty cool. I think they call it relic. They're relic by the flames. They kind of smell like the fire. But yeah, cool items, man. Nice, nice, guys. Those are one of a kind. So make sure you do that for sure. Um, and with that, Aaron, I want to thank you, man, so much, man, for calling into the Metal Sucks podcast. Dude, absolutely. Thank you for having me.
Metal Sucks Podcast. Awesome, guys. We are back, man. First song you guys heard is called Eternal Machine, um, and that is off Betraying the Martyrs' record Rapture, which comes out September 13th. Second song you heard is Parasite. Make sure you check out the video for Parasite. 
Both those songs are on Rapture, guys. Fantastic record. Make sure you guys are pre-ordering. I was lucky enough to hear it already. Definitely worth your time. And uh, with that, guys, I want to thank everybody out there for the five-star reviews we keep getting on iTunes. That's all we ask for. No matter what nonsense we do in the first 15 minutes, we know you like the interviews. <laughs> hey, whatever. You could suck my fuck. <laughs> and we suck got, all of our fucks. Yeah, suck all of them. And we got a lot of responses uh, you know, on Twitter, Facebook, email about last week's uh, music episodes. The music episodes, we always get a lot of responses. I want to thank you guys out there for your positive stuff. Uh, I know on Twitter, there was a guy named Brandon Schaefer who told us that we missed Prong, and I got to tell you i love prong and yes dude I, he was I, right he prong was right is, yeah. you know it's sometimes sometimes Prong's a foundational band we'll miss yeah. we'll miss them very very ahead of their time very important i told him i think in twitter that i would go beg to differ or prove you're wrong but uh, i know the majority love cleansing but those first two i think are real important yeah and beg to differ so to make it to make it right mm. bathwater <laughs> all three of us <laughs> All well, three of us bath. We're gonna take a bath while we listen to prongs, yeah, exactly. and then we're gonna yeah. sell and then it. we're gonna send it to you, mm-hmm. right. I'm gonna I'm gonna wring out my wash rag, right and, I, and, and when I'm we take gag. a bath together, I will not pee in it. I'm Thank gag. you. Respect. <laughs> yeah, because we like you, Brandon. Stop. Respect, and also Adam Wooden. He wrote in saying, uh, "What did he say on Twitter? He said, never mind whether they're metal or not,' because we were debating that last week." He said that he, we played four of his all-time uh, killer band and that he enjoyed the show. So, Adam, we want to thank you so much, man, for listening and for feeding back on Twitter. Everybody else, I wrote to you or I got back to you, so you guys are covered. Thank you guys for always writing in, supporting the show. We did get a bunch of people responding to the Slipknot review as well um, via my email, and I responded to all you guys as well. But the majority seemed to agree with me that 3.54 stars is really a, a fair assessment for the Slipknot regret. I did get kind of an argument with the guy where I, he's like, I was the best. And I'm like, Iowa might be the best, but lyrically I was the fucking worst. And this new record kicks its ass. And he completely disagreed with me. Lyrically, this record smokes Iowa people equal shit. And, uh, I want to slit your throat and fuck the wound. He ain't exactly Corey Taylor's high, high point of Agreed. lyrics. So mm. <laughs> anyways, yeah. until that's next what, week, guys, that's what, that's what Jocelyn danced to at her wedding. The metal sucks <laughs> podcast is signing off. This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network.